Hello and welcome to the Doctorators podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Fergal Glynn, and I'm VP of Marketing at Doctorators. Today, I have the pleasure of spending time with Thierry von Pernabinen. Thierry is the Director and Head of Sales Knowledge Management and Global Sales Enablement at Wipro, and also Thierry is the host of the Sales Enablement Labs podcast. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about sales enablement in a more strategic manner, and today we're going to drill down into a few different components that make up sales enablement. We're going to talk with Thierry about what sales enablement means to him, how you go about with the execution, build the business case, how you can make sales enablement measurable for your team, and hear Thierry's recommendations about the future of sales enablement. To get started, Thierry, could you let us know what sales enablement means to you? For me, sales enablement is a field which is still um very much evolving. It became um, uh, rapidly mature over um, at the last years, but I think we still have a, a little bit to go as a uh, as a discipline. But the way I, I look at um, sales enablement is that really it is a um, first of all I would say it's a strategic cross-functional discipline. It's typically designed to increase sales and enhance productivity, and we try to do that through a integrated selling system. And what we try to do is not just equip sales, but also equip sales managers with the skills, the tools, and the content they need to have valuable sales conversations with the right customer at the right time. What, what does a valuable conversation look like to you? The first part of a sales conversation is typically what we call a why change. So it's very much around um, a sharing insights with your prospect or, or your customer around why this is the moment to change, right? Why do they um, and need to do that investment? Why do they need to um, um, uh, change their systems? Why do they need to uh, opt the, adopt that trend in the market, uh, uh, basically? So that, that first part of that conversation is, is really there to, as we call it, break through the status quo and, and convince your customer that it's ready to change. Then the second part of that conversation is why they should do that um, uh, with you, right? So uh, if you're a, a vendor who's selling a, uh, a specific um, uh, solution or a specific technology, why are you the right candidate to, to go on that journey with them um, uh, together? So our role as sales enablement practitioners is really to equip our sales teams and, and, and sales managers and sales leadership team with the right tools to have those conversations, uh, basically. What is your coaching theory for sales enablement leaders who are looking to come up with a vision for what sales enablement should be at their company and then also how they can go about the execution of that vision? Try to go wide, right? Try to cross a wide vision which will basically give you enough runway for the next um, one to three years. and and. The way I would do that is I really look at the business, try to understand where the business is is going, and and try to come up with a strategy and a vision to really uh, enable that 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 growth path um, 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 for the company. Basically, once you have done that, and I think everyone buys into that vision, it's time to become more realistic and say, okay, what is it I can then execute on in the coming? six months to one year. And I think that's where you go really 
um, deep down sit with your regional leaders, really understand their business priorities for the coming um, at two to four quarters, and come up with specific plans to help them to, to execute on that. So again, uh, the first step is to go wide and deep, um, uh, try to build a, a, a longer term vision, and then try to make it specific for the coming quarters um, and align it to the business as much as possible. How can I go about making a business case and show ROI on the sales enablement investment? So I think your first step is to understand from a, a business point of view, where has that budget shifted um, in the um, uh, organization? And then second, work with that team and, and, and try to really understand how their impact is being measured, right? So try to understand how their success looks like and then try to craft something which lies as close as to their success um, uh, as possible, right? It might be that if the shift is to more a holistic um, solutions approach, that what they're being measured on is, okay, how many prospects were they able to open in the last two quarters? So what you can work together with them on is then to say, okay, well, if, if that's what you're being measured on, how do we help you to create the right sales enablement tools to have those um, uh, conversations? If it is more around um, cross-sell in existing customers, then work together with that team and understand, okay, well, uh, what are the conversations we need to have to extend that portfolio we're selling, um, uh, basically, and how do we make that measurable? And, and specifically, what are the areas you need um, help with? So um, my, my take on this is there is always budget. Um, uh, and even if, if there is less budget available, there's still a lot you can do yourself by rolling up your sleeves. The trick is to really be as close as possible to the sales teams and really try to understand where you can, um, where you can help them. And, and then sometimes that does mean going a little bit smaller, but going deeper and really rolling up your sleeves and, and be in there uh, day in, day out together and help them to execute on that strategy. Rolling up your sleeves and working in a place with limited resources is something that we're used to doing every day. I would love if you could share some stories um, either from your own experience or what you've learned from your colleagues and as you've been doing your podcast about examples of people who've been able to roll up their sleeves and to be able to, to make steps forward, accomplish, accomplish things where resources are limited. Give you an example out of my own experience. Um, is by providing, uh, something that's actually what we're doing right now, is providing um, a messaging workshops, right? So there's a big need in every company to really have a crisp, articulated value proposition for anything you sell, right? And, and you're the VP of marketing, so and you understand this um, very, very well. How do you craft a clear value proposition which is, um, a differentiated um, from your competition, which really is simple to articulate for your um, sales teams, and, and, and how do you do that um, uh, in your company, basically? And, and there are many, many different ways of, of doing that. There are many um, companies who offer that as a uh, service, but uh, this is something we're um, executing on, um, uh, has sometimes in, in combination with a partner, uh, and sometimes uh, we're doing it ourselves, basically. And, and I'm a big believer in showing your team how to do that. Um, so I have a, um, a significant organization, around 60 people. 
um, that doesn't uh, that doesn't mean that I'm not doing that work on my own, right? So here I am working together with a few people on my team. We're standing in front of the sales teams and we're helping them to uh, articulate a message and and building the the presentations around that and the uh, the videos um, uh, around that. And I think that uh, and number one, you you build a trust with the leadership team if you're a- able to execute on that uh, yourself because you know what you're talking about. And then once you have that um, kind of like nailed down, you know how to do that. It's also then um, um, uh, easier to build a um, scaling strategy for that, right? Because doing that first one or two workshops is is typically the start. After that, you need to scale it to the next uh, 30 to 50 products. And and it's easier to uh, work with a vendor and and, and typically they will sell you, uh, it will take you a week to craft it for one product and, and getting the deliverables. But... But once you have done it, being there, done it yourself, you know really what is part of that journey, and then you're much better able to position to kind of like come up with a scaling strategy for that. So, again, that's why I, I really believe that um, sometimes you need to get your hands dirty, do it yourself, and after that you can uh, build a, st- a strategy to scale that. The goal of sales enablement is to make our sales team more productive. And the most common definition for sales productivity would be improvements in both effectiveness and efficiency. You think about metrics around sales enablement. What are the types of things that you like to see? I, I think it really depends on where you are in the process and, and, and how mature you are as a um, uh, sales enablement organization, right? So uh, when you are starting as an organization, you will probably measure different things than, than when you're kind of like running it as a business in a business um, over the last three years, right? So when you're kind of like starting it in a large enterprise, the measurement is typically more around, for example, cost saving, right? So uh, I went uh, through an exercise in the past where there were multiple sales enablement organizations and we had the opportunity to help the organization to streamline that and to um, uh, bring different organizations together and, and actually calculate a uh, an ROI. So the measurement there was, okay, um, uh, how much uh, cost savings were we able to do and, and um, have proved that we now have a ROI model which is uh, effective. In the current organization, we try to measure things like, okay, um, how effective and efficient are our sales teams? So sales teams typically spend a few hours a day preparing for their meetings uh, the next day. And one of the things we would like to measure there is, okay, by uh, getting our sales teams better prepared for the conversation, how much time savings can we give them every day by giving them ready-made conversation material? So instead of them spending three hours a day preparing for the conversations the next day, are we able to bring that down to maybe one hour. That is something you can measure. You can measure pretty easily. The other thing we measure is what's the quality of the sales content we create. So we measure, for example, through a star ranking system, um, the feedback people provide on our sales um, uh, content. We do the same for coaching sessions we have. So every coaching session we do with a sales leader or a um, 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 uh, sales rep, is being measured regardless if that session is conducted by us as an organization or if that session is actually conducted by his manager, which is ultimately um, um, uh, what you want. So I, I don't think there is a, um, a one-size-fits-all answer. 
Um, I think it depends on where you are in the cycle. I think it depends on what is relevant to you as a organization and also um, what you're focused on, right? I'm a big believer in building a holistic selling system, um, which uh, really is a combination of sales training, um, sales coaching, sales content, and basically taking a holistic approach. And, and there are many, many KPIs in that selling system which you can measure. When you look to grow the sales enablement team, what do you look for? It, it depends a little bit on the role. People who are client-facing, customer-facing, so the people who work directly with my sales organization, I would like them to have sales experience. So they should be able to talk the language of um, the sales teams. So that either means that they were in inside sales, it means that they were um, um, uh, in a quota-carrying role, or it means that they were maybe in a business development um, uh, role. So I think having that sales experience, being able to relate to the pressures the sales teams are under, and being able to speak that language, I think is is, is crucial. Then there are certain um, support roles where I would like to at least have a affinity with sales. So even if I hire somebody who's doing, I don't know, creating the videos, for example, with articulated value proposition, I still would like that person to have a affinity with sales. Doesn't mean he has to be a sales rep himself; it would help, but at least he needs to be able to relate to that language and, and understand the um, uh, uh, the pressures there, uh, basically. So, uh, one of the things we do is we constantly educate them on uh, on that sales aspect. So for the people who are customer-facing, I, 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 I don't expect them to be able to close that deal themselves, but I do expect them to understand their business. So if you're working together with the digital team, for example, I do expect you to know the sales leaders. I do expect you to be able to pick up the phone and get that conversation with the key people in that leadership team. I do expect you to be able to articulate to me what is it that team is focused on, what are their business priorities, and how are we going to support them, help them in the coming two quarters? And those are common questions and um, we have to them, and, and those are conversations we, we typically have um, uh, with them. So we try to take it further than just like the, the pure project they're working um, on, but we want them to be able to articulate what's in it for the customer um, uh, as well. Um, in addition to that, I think you need really good program management skills. So a lot of these programs we execute on are fairly complex. They go to a few thousand salespeople. So being able to manage a large project like that and also be able to be pretty agile um, is, is really important, right? Because sales leaders might send you into a different direction and, and, and uh, you, you sometimes need to course correct in a very short notice. So being able to agile understand that the flexibility is important is something I look for uh, in a person. If you could fast forward five years, Thierry, what do you think sales enablement is going to look like in 2021? A little bit of a story here, right? The role of a accountant, basically, over the last, I would say, 20 years has really evolved to the role of a um, CFO, right, Chief Financial Officer. Um, I think sales enablement will go through that same journey, and it will probably go much faster 
and probably in, 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 a, in, a, in a very rapid more page than um, the involvement of the CFO role. Um, I think my prediction is that in, um, and it's already starting to happen, by the way, I think within the next five years, most major enterprises will have a, what we call kind of like chief value officer, who really looks across the different departments in the organization and really tries to understand what the value is for the customer and then have a team basically crafting a value proposition um, uh, around that. So um, as somebody who's able to look across the organization, build a selling system across that and bringing it all together, that's where I think sales enablement will uh, go. And as I said, if you look at some of the companies in the Bay Area, they are, they are kind of like hiring for that role already. They might be calling it very differently. Um, but definitely you can see the you, you can see the world going into that direction.